Capita, this is your host, Jasmine Luchis, and you're now listening to Hepa Talk Season 3. Hola, Hepitas. Welcome back to Hepa Talk. So today I have a special guest. So I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. Hi, my name is Shane Estelori. So Shane actually has a, his own tattoo shop. And you're an overall entrepreneur because you have multiple streams of income coming in, right? You have a restaurant that you're about to open. And what else do you guys do? Um, I have a semi-truck business and then my wife has a um, med spa. Oh, okay. So we're going into this the restaurant together. That's awesome. So I always like to ask people, like, what kind of drove them into their business? So, of course, being in a tattoo industry, what kind of got you started? Um, in, in um, like, just ownership? and Or just starting starting your artistry, pretty much. Um, well, my artistry started while I was in prison. That was kind of, like, the development of my artistic skills. It's just because, like, you kind of have to have you know, certain skills in, to get by in life. And I was just one of them that helped us in there. So it kind of, that's where it started. And it was just like a thing to do. And then it was kind of like how we expressed ourselves. It was like a, a way to make funds. And yeah, it was just, it was just part, I think it was just part of our, that culture at mm-hmm. that time for me. And that's mm-hmm. how it started. So just to go off a little bit about that, um, you did time. How long did you do time for? 13 years. That's a long time. Yeah, it's pretty long. So while you were in there, you grew your skills in that. Um, were you tattooing in there as well? Hell yeah. <laughs> and it was therapy. It was a lot of therapy, honestly. Like it was good to receive it. And it was also good like to do it because it like gets you out of your mind. Mm-hmm. Just a horrible situation and very high stress levels. So I think I have that bond with tattooing just because it like helped me. So I'm thankful for it. For that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, in any industry, right, that you give a service, I think you create a bond with your clients. So being that you were tattooing in prison, was it something that you kind of grew um, connections with your your inmates? Um, yeah. It, yeah, we built a lot of bonds. Like, even to this day, I, there's people that still hit me up that, you know, stuff I did that's real old or um, just, yeah, just you build a lot of relationships through it. Mm-hmm. Um, being that you were in prison, I know that sometimes getting out of that system is kind of hard because you're going back into the general population. Was it kind of difficult for you very, coming out? Very difficult. Like tattoo does not pay when you get out of prison, like at all. Like there's, it's not as structured, and you don't have that trusting clientele base yet. And it's just, it's kind of like you're making a name for yourself. Like you made your name in there, but out here, it's totally different and there's no money in it so I, I when i first got out i was trying to get a job honestly so it was hard yeah and then people like don't respect your craft because of where it was developed you know, developed at. they don't consider you like a real artist i guess they just consider you just like you know they people don't like self-made they don't like that you learned it on your own and so uh, but yeah it was really hard i didn't i didn't like i honestly was like trying to get away from it because I felt like I did so much time learning a skill that didn't benefit me. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's how I felt. Like it benefited me like spiritually and like on that side of it, but it didn't benefit me like in the real world. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, like I can't do nothing with this. 
<laughs> but it was crazy to see. Sorry, not to cut you off. Oh, no, no. It's, it was crazy to see other people make it. It was crazy to see people did do something with it, but I wasn't in that mm-hmm. yet. So, so coming out, um, did you right away find a job, or did you like kind of think like, okay, I'm not getting the opportunities, so let me do my own job? Did it just start no, off like it, that way? No, not at all. Like honestly, um, so I have a big connection to New York and to Florida, just because I know people out there. Then when I first got out, it's almost like say. You know, somebody knew you before you went in and they just so happened to be out there. It kind of opened the door for me. Mm-hmm. So they were telling me to come out there and they were going to introduce me to people that, you know, have positions where they can kind of like give you a job and stuff like that. So I would go out there a lot. I would go out to New York and I kind of built a lot of relationships. But a lot of the jobs I was trying to get, I couldn't get. Like nobody would give me an opportunity. Like nobody. Like I felt like I was cursed. Like I would get some people would like I was supposed to get a job in Florida and it never turned out. And then I just kept, you know, like pressing the issue. And it got so bad. It hurt me more. That shit do not feel good. No, I <sighs> I, I know that, especially because of, of your um, background, um, it, it's kind of like a given you're going to get those doors slammed in your face. And so to be able to see that, even though you had that happen, that you were able to push through it and be like, no, I'm going to make something of myself. And, and, and it is kind of sad to see that you had to do that and sit and kind of think like, why, why can't I move forward when it's like, I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to change my life and stuff. And I think that's, that happens with a lot of people that do time and they come out. Right. I couldn't understand it. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you've, you've done your time, you've learned your lesson. So it, it kind of sucks because society thinks of it like nah, once you're, once you've done something bad, it's like you're going to continue doing mm-hmm. that. And then life doesn't really give you those opportunities. Um, so it, it's cool to see that you were able to push through it and, and really work on your craft and, you know, look, look at all mm-hmm. the things that you've been able to achieve now. Um, because you took that um, and turned um, your life around and really worked on your craft, when did you start to pursue having your own shop? Um, I think it was just, um, bound to happen. Like, cause I already had an attitude where I'm like, man, I'm not listening to nobody. I'm not putting up with nobody's shit. Like, I'm not here to play. Like I'm here to get, you know, get to business. And I think it just was mandatory just because like, you got to give people those type of, like people that have that type of spirit and experience, it's, it's just giving you got, you, you kind of got to hold some type of, uh, like something that will fit your personality. Like I'm not meant to listen to nobody. Mm-hmm. I'll never listen to nobody. So it just fits me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not not to be like controlling, but more like, you know what? Get out the driver's seat. I'm getting in the driver's seat. Let's go. I got us. You know what I mean? More like on that. Like, like, like I definitely didn't want to be poor. I definitely didn't want to be ineffective. And I got as much experience as I got. Like, like I feel like I, my main thing was, okay, let's just, let's become successful and let's, help people that was the those only options like it felt like the better option mm-hmm. so i was just like i'm not gonna put my life in nobody's hands what year did you um start to look into opening your shop um man honestly it was probably like three years ago mm-hmm. yeah it was just i felt like it was that time you know i'm, I'm coming up on my 40s so it's just it was time it's just like why hold back you know why like why fear anything just see what's out there 
Yeah. Go, yeah, just go figure it out. So I I know you did mention that you also have a like a trucking company. Oh yeah. So when <laughs> when did you when did you Stressful. pursue that? <laughs> huh? When did you pursue that? Um, the beginning of the year. Yeah, it was just like uh, the way I saw it was. I mean, well, I had a I had a friend at the time that was into trucking, and he kind of opened the door for me, and uh, I ended up purchasing a semi truck. But it was one of those, at the time, it was like one of those things, like it's never going out of business. Like everybody needs their goods and their services. But um, there's a lot of behind the scenes that are controlling that market. And diesel is one of those things that you can't control. So those prices pretty much work against you. Mm-hmm. So. so I know you did mention that you guys are opening up a restaurant. So what made you guys kind of dip into that? It's kind of the same idea, more like, you know, these are just businesses that are always going to be around. Food's one of them. And it just, you know, kind of tailors to um, our journey. And, you know, everybody knows I'm, I'm from Arizona originally. Um, and, and I just kind of wanted to bring that, my experience with, like, culture and food and, you know, not be shy to represent, but mm-hmm. bring it out to Texas. Not that, you know, uh, like, I like Texas, but just kind of share that with Texas. But I'm not from Texas, so I'm like, I love their food, but it is different in Los Angeles. Also, you know then. Okay, you know. The the food is different. It is, right? That's a debate out here. Big old debate is Tex-Mex, and it's more Americanized version of Mexican Mm -hmm. food. And, you know, I guess to each its own. But from where I'm from, that shit is Mexican to the bone. And it's from Sonora. And we just kind of have a little bit different dishes. And I just want to bring like a little selection of that. Because me growing up in Arizona... Like, I mean, not not to play favorites, but our food is pretty good. Our food's uh, really good. No, I, I think that that's all of us when we say that our food, our food is better. Um, now, because of your background, what mm-hmm. what would you, what advice would you give somebody that's in that same position, sitting outside of Home Depot, trying to make something of themselves? Um, the advice that I would give them is honestly don't give up like um i know it sounds cliche and it sounds corny but the 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 best the best advice i could give somebody would just be um like uh you know really dig deep and and really like stand for what you believe in and and just kind of give it your all even if it comes at the price of losing your life like that's that's the best advice I would give. Like, cause you don't, there's no guarantee that this is gonna work out. Like, I don't know what's gonna happen. So I think it was just more, um, yeah, just just go all the way and fear nothing, and fear no man, and don't fear the outcome, and just just give it your all, put your heart into it. I think things succeed when you put your heart into it. That's how I feel. One of my favorite things to ask people is because you you automatically see a business owner and you think like oh they had a they had it easy they come from money they this they that um, what is one thing that you would tell people about you that they don't know? Uh, one thing about me is that my my journey is very authentic and um, you know like you don't gotta believe me but I mean my everything my whole journey people could testify. There's people out there that could testify to my journey. And even if you Google my name, like, and you know my background and how, where I came from, I came from, a, you know, I'm, I'm an example of, you know, broken home and, you know, brothers that are disabled and, you know, mom's mentally, you know, gone and 
just I grew up poor, I grew up hurt, I grew up like in pain. And and it's just one of those things that I, I was willing to fight and die just to have a better life, a taste of something different that I never had. And that to me, that's like that's why I'm so passionate about it, just because like from what I am right now, my life wasn't this at all, like at all. Like it kind of like it, it, it makes me sad on a like for real. There's like pain behind my eyes because like I feel like I ain't did enough. You know what I mean? And there's just a lot of things that, like, the more somebody knows me, the more I'll open doors to you and you'll see inside of my life and you kind of, it, it, you'll understand, like, damn, why is he like that? Why is he so aggressive? Why is he like this? Why does he do, you know what I mean? And then you'll kind of see it, like, oh, damn, you know? So that's kind of how it is. And it's it's true because I think a lot of people don't understand that um, our life experiences shape us into the people that we are. And so for you, it's like, you come from nothing and that's why you yeah. uh, you love so hard and what and you put your passion in, in yeah, and love really into am. what you do um so for somebody that comes from either the same background as you like that's finding themselves in that position where they're like i'm never gonna be nothing like what would what would you tell yourself little little shane hmm. what would you tell him Shoot, honestly, I used to say the same things. I used to say I wasn't going to be shit. I ain't shit. And I changed that. I would tell that person that can hear me right now is the things you tell yourself matter. I, at the time, I didn't think they did. But I was like reiterating it like on a daily for years telling myself I'm this way. And I was accepting it. Like whatever the, the roles they put on us, I was embracing it. And that's what was fucking me. Not the system, not anybody. Like I was telling myself, I am, I must be what you tell me I am. Like you're a low life, okay? I'm that. You're a loser, okay? I am that. You're a gangbanger, okay? So what? I am. And I was proud of it, but now I started to be like, damn, like I I put this role on myself and I accepted it instead of going against it and saying, nah, fuck that. I'm I'm a dad. I'm this. I'm I'm you know I'm a child of God. I'm you know, not to sound sweet, but, you know, I'm, I'm something special. You know what I mean? Like, you got to tell yourself these things that we're not used to hearing. And they, believe it or not, they make a big difference. Mm -hmm. They really do. So some of the things that you were talking about right now, um, because of that stigma of how you look and the fact that you're a man, right? You mm -hmm. get told, like, that's too soft for you to be saying shit like that, right? Mm -hmm. What, what? Do you want people to know as a man that they can um, do for their mental health, for their, you know, just to get out of that dark space? Mm, um, honestly, I feel like the, the, the times we're living in right now, they're trying to demasculate a man. And I, I really believe in the, um, you know, the ways of, of like, uh, like what men go through and not to discredit women or anything, but. We all like go through similar experiences just on different levels. But um, as a man, I, I feel like you, you're, you're meant to carry burdens and you're meant to bear those burdens and you're meant to suffer and you're meant to take pain. And that's just how we're equipped. Like our, our, our mentals, we're, we're equipped for war, but I think we're just warring with the wrong things. Like we're warring with other people or instead of warring with ourselves or we're not taking care of our health. You know what I mean? Like um, we're not channeling the things we feel into the right things we're putting it into bad things like vices like women uh drugs alcohol just you know we're not we're not uh 
we're, we're disorganized and um, um, we don't have a purpose and we don't have a plan. And I think that's where a lot of us men are fucking up. And it's cool to be tough. I mean, I, I agree, you know, be solid, be tough, but be tough with the right things. You know what I mean? Like when it's called to be tough, like, you know, be tough on not breaking under a situation. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what I mean, like being tough or, or like when a situation unfolds that doesn't feel good, like shit, you know, don't cry about it. Just take it and run with it and uh, smile and it'll be better. You know what I mean? Like that, uh, that's my advice, like to me, just because I mean, I feel like those things help me and, and I'm just, I, I'm still just that little boy that just wants to survive. So I'm taking these steps to become the man I want to be because I went through many stages and um, you know, I had, I, I was misguided about what I thought a man was. I thought a man was violent. And then I came to realize that's not a real man. You know what I mean? So then it just changes. I'm on a journey as well. So that's all I say. As you're on this journey, um, I know I, I kind of see from your social media, you don't drink and you don't do drugs and you, you as a unit, um, you're a good example for your tattoo shop because you guys do things as one. Mm -hmm. So, um, what kind of made you change that for yourself? Well, I heard somebody told me one time that really stuck with me. They said, you're not in the business of making money you're in the business of people. And I thought that was badass because I agree. Like, your job is to build people, not build a business. And I think that's how your business becomes successful is when you build people and, and where you necessarily take money out the equation. And, and I, I agree. I just feel like it's my job as a leader to not only build myself, but to build those around me. And even if it comes at a cost of things that I don't like to do and holding a higher standard, then that's just something I'm going to have to do. You know, it's not really, it doesn't bother me to like not go out, to not drink and smoke or do drugs and you know, live a frivolous lifestyle where I feel like I have no purpose or usefulness. I, honestly, I want people to use me. I want to be useful. I want to be useful to you. I want to be useful to people around me. I want people to come encounter with me and say, you know, somehow he made an impact on my life and he was useful. And I, I, I hate the feeling of not being useful to the world. Like, it's an ugly feeling where you just feel like, damn, like, you have nothing to offer the world where nobody can even use you. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, and me being a man, like, um, that that's that's our role as as leaders to be a leader to be a man and just take charge and you know what i mean so it's like that so i know in the beginning you did mention that your partner has a med spa so you guys are like a power couple you guys have both business businesses and stuff um what kind of brought you guys together to build like an empire for you guys honestly to be truthful one thing i really respect about her and that i do like is that i didn't know she owned businesses when i first met her so i genuinely liked her for her you know and then that came into play later and then and then it was just one of those things that um she has a strong personality and i have a strong personality so I mean, it could be a good and a bad thing, as you know, but uh, for the most part, it's like our we want the same things in life. You know what I mean? And, and she has qualities that I don't have, that she can maneuver in life a certain way, like the legalistic way, like going through all the proper paperwork and doing things that I can't do. And I have a more aggressive vision. I'm a visionary. So mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of fits. And sometimes we bump heads a lot. But I mean, I, I don't know about power couple. I just know that. I guess when you meet that person that's come from something that's similar to you, 
you it's just like you know you gotta just go for it because there's times where you i'm sure you you know had partners that didn't match your personality and they were just they just they, i guess they couldn't understand me or where i came from but it was just more along the lines like life is short it's running out of time like let's make this shit happen and you want to be uh held accountable and you don't want to be a burden to your partner and mm-hmm. you don't want your partner to be a burden to you and that's you know that should help each other and shit you know yeah i love that um yeah you do have a baby yeah eight so months, london <laughs> so big old, big old fat head <laughs> so tell me um what has fatherhood shown you shit it taught me a lot honestly because i got girls i got three girls and it slowed me down. Like, I felt like God gave me that for a reason because I'm um, uh, very aggressive and I don't uh, have an attachment to a woman. I never was raised by a woman. I was raised in a man's world. So I have this attitude towards life where I'm just real good with, I get in with more men. Like, I, I know how to, I know how to maneuver and talk. And um, I guess I was just always trampling ahead and I wasn't realizing the damage I was caught. And most of my relationships failed because of me because I couldn't connect. I couldn't communicate mm. properly. And, you know, as soon as it get hard, I take off and I wouldn't want to fix it because I just, I don't know, I, do, I didn't know how. So having girls really like opened my eyes to value a woman. Cause I honestly, not to be disrespectful, but I didn't value a woman at all. Mm. It just because I didn't know how to, I, I didn't see the use in them. I'm like, you know, I did all my time by myself. I grew up by myself. No woman ever nurtured me. I don't know that part of a woman. I don't feel like I need a woman for anything. You know, I can make my own money. I can do my own thing. I just felt like, you know, uh, uh, women were disposable. But now I see it as like, damn, like, damn, this is the damage I was causing. And I have, I would hate to see somebody treat my daughter like that. And and then I see them and they just, they just, they like soften me a lot. Like mm-hmm. now I'm like, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just a big old softy. Now I'm just not the same person. I'm, I'm growing. I'm not saying I'm a great person. I'm still in the process. You're, looking you're evolving. At, you know, you're just looking at me like a damaged car. I, you know, I got the doors fixed. I still a lot of work to do under the engine. And, you know, <laughs> I'm a little rough around the edges. There's still rust underneath the hood and shit. But I'm getting better. And, and daughters definitely soften me up a lot. So um, with your children, what is one thing that you want them to take from you and that they always know when you're not on the ground? character i want them to have good strong character i want them to be leaders and like lead lead their own way don't let life lead you because life will lead you down the wrong path and stand up and just have strong character i want them to get that from me like damn my dad was he was solid to the bone he was strong you know and he then i i just want them to have that like a like a good heart strong character and, and be leaders yeah what is one thing that you as a father now that you are in your fatherhood, that you noticed that you didn't get? That I didn't get? Yeah. Shoot, I didn't get no guidance at all. Honestly, I could have took any direction I wanted to. I could have did anything. I could have been fucking serial killer if I wanted to. I could have ate people and nobody. I had nobody there to tell me anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I was out of the house at, like, 13. So, well, I caught my charge at 13. I was out of the house probably, like, 11. And I was house hopping from homies and shit. So... Um, um, I just grew up in the system, so I could have, I literally, no type of guidance. I was raised by, you know, homies and older homies, and those were our uncles, and 
those are the people that really put us in line and, and beat our asses. And I just had no parental guidance. I had nobody. I had nobody to tell me they love me. Like honestly, I can't remember that being told I love you or you're a good kid or you're gonna do great things. I don't remember that. I always heard the op like you ain't shit. You're gonna die in these streets. You're always gonna be in prison. Like I've heard those things. So I, I never had nobody that parental side of of life. But I feel like damn, I. I hope I'm giving that to my kids. That was going to be my next question. So is that something that you find yourself giving your kids? Well, I, I, I catch myself because sometimes I'm tough. I'm like a little too hard on them. But then at the same time, I'm realizing like um, to go back and realize, give them what I didn't have. Not money or like not spoiling them, but just kind of like show show them love. But it's hard for me because my, my thing is, how do you show love if you've never been shown love? Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I'm going to have to try and figure out is how do you show love if you've never been shown love? So what 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 do you do now in, in those cases? I, like, I catch myself. Sometimes it comes natural, but I think it's just because, like, the love my daughter showed me that it's more natural. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to force it. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I just catch myself loving them and it's like, oh, damn, this is, like, more natural. This is how it's mm-hmm. supposed to be, you know? But I think it just, it just, it's a given. It's, like, ingrained in us, but... Sometimes it's been um, buried. Uh, yeah, it's like um, uh, we've been deprived of that. Like things that are natural to us, we've we've been deprived of it. So it's just as humans, we are meant to have that love and friendship and camaraderie and like those are natural relationships. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I always say that social media has like this veil on people, right? Because we we see people through videos and images. And of course, we always post the good. Mm. Um, And social media kind of warps our idea of people. Mm -hmm. So what is one thing that you want people to know about you that they can't get from your social media? Um, Honestly, I, I feel like social media doesn't capture the real me. It's kind of limited unless you have like a channel. Or some way they can follow your day in day out, but but for the most part, I feel like it doesn't really capture who I really am. Like some people might see it and think I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm you know I'm portraying this tough guy or I'm this or I'm that. But I mean, I'm I'm just being honest to who I am. Um, I'm in the process and this journey of change. And um, if you knew me, like just you getting to know me right now, lets you know like there's depth to me. Mm-hmm. And um, and even though I have a bad background, doesn't necessarily mean I act on all these impulses and I'm this, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I don't know, I guess those type of things like truth, like has to be figured out. Like you'll see, you'll understand it when you see it, but I don't really have to like, like tell people like, oh, I'm this, I'm this. Like you're going to see it, you know what I mean? As, as if you look in the right places, you'll find whatever you're looking for. And, 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 and there's a lot to me, you know, I have a lot to offer the world and I want people to know that about me that I do. That I I, I I do like people. I don't dislike people. I'm a lover of people. Um, and I think um, that I feel like we all struggle similar. And I just think that, you know, shit, we can, you know, if we all come together and, you know, we could change the narrative and we don't, we don't have to see the world the way other people see it, you know? Yeah. So because now you own a, a shop, I know owning a shop comes a lot with a lot of headaches and, and running a team. So what is one of the hardest things that you find having to be the leader of so many people now? 
one of the hardest things. Uh, I, I I don't see it as hard that hard, honestly, mm-hmm. because um, one, I, my experience, I know you can't like change people. You have to lead. Like the only best way to lead is lead yourself, and that's what I've learned. Like you can't tell people what to do unless you're doing it yourself. But uh, as far as my experiences, like I've been in very high stressful situations where this isn't the hard part. I think the hard, honestly, the hard part is the behind the scenes. That's the hard part. Like the paperwork and the, the business side. Cause I'm new to business, like the taxes, you know, the dealing with all that side of it. To me, that's the hard part. Not the people, the people aren't hard. It's more like keeping up to date with, you know, mm-hmm. like filing paperwork and like numbers. And I'm just not good at, I, I've never graduated school. Mm-hmm. So I'm not good at numbers and stuff. And, I think that yeah. yeah, I think that's that's normal. I think that's normal for everybody. The the logistics and the yeah, bank and of everything. Of it, yeah. Um now for you as your team, I I got in here way before you did and to see everybody just hang out and chill. Would you say that right now you have a solid team that you have put together? Hell yeah, definitely. It's a long time coming. Like I ran through so many people that we didn't share the same mindset and it's only natural that you just gravitate to people that kind of have similar mindsets and it's refreshing to have good people and I, I like the people we have I really do I think they're great and I'm, I'm really hoping that we all like grow together because I'm grateful for everybody mm-hmm. in here and I do yeah wow, that's awesome <laughs> so what do you see in the next five years for the shop damn that's a good one um, at the rate we're going if we're able to discipline ourselves and improve ourselves, uh, man, five years is a long time. So I feel like, you know, of course, ups and downs, but I definitely see great things happening, you know, as long as we stick to the script, as mm-hmm. long as we stay down and put in the work, like, I feel like nothing will be denied to us. Yeah. yeah. I think um, one of the things that I enjoyed kind of listening to you a couple of days ago um, when I was in here, you were talking about how you like going to certain places and already envisioning yourself being a regular place for you. Um, I think that's a, a, a great way of manifestation, right? And so to kind of ask you that question for the shop is because I really think that you guys are already working towards big things. You're, you're about to open up a bigger shop soon. Um, and so to see you guys in that direction, I wanted to know what more are you trying to plan out? Um, as far as like the tattoo shop, are you planning on adding more people to it? Are you planning on like having like a, like a show maybe or anything like that? Like tattoo wise, mm-hmm. tattoo shop wise? Um, yeah, definitely build build a, a stronger team. Um, I'm not too passionate about like, uh, how would you say, like being like another tattoo shop. I feel like that reputation and the stigma that it has is kind of like played out. It's kind of corny. My, my thing that I want to really promote is, is lifestyle. Like I really want to promote like that. Like I think those parts of businesses are really overlooked. And, and yeah, it's great that you could tattoo great. I think that's nice and everything. But I think the most important part is like, like um, you know, what type of, value are you putting out there like what type of person are you what type of person are you to work around and stuff like that and i think to me those are the things that i envision like like just 
having a solid team and you know leaders building leaders and um, as far as like the tattoo shop just I, I'm, I'm more in the people a bit the business of people so you know like the podcast um, you know the, the coaching classes like um, stuff like that that's how I see I see the direction of the shop going that direction mm-hmm. like just just different points that lead to many things so if somebody right now is listening and is interesting interested in growing their skill as far as like in the tattoo industry mm-hmm. are you willing to be a mentor yeah I'm actually in the process of mentoring someone right now her name is Caitlin and uh, she just uh, reached out to me she's a painter out here in San Antonio and um, um, I'm uh, apprenticing her. So I, I definitely offer my, my services. Like if I'm somebody you look up to as far as like artistically and even just as a person, like I, honestly, I feel like it's an honor that people even reach out to me and, and mm-hmm. want me to teach them something. Cause I'm like, damn, that's badass. And people feel like that about me. You know, since I don't even feel like that about myself. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's good, that's cool. Um, so what is one thing that you, one advice that you would give somebody that's now trying to really master their skill in tattooing? What is one advice that you would give them? Uh, the best advice somebody gave me one time, um, they told me um, uh, repetition. That was the best advice he gave me. Because I thought he was going to unfold like a nice little dialogue about his artistic abilities. Cause I actually went to him for mm-hmm. advice. I seen just some of his stuff was just so amazing to me. And uh, it was some guy I was in prison with and, and uh, his work was just phenomenal. And I'm like, damn, this one was some limited supplies and stuff. And I said, you know, any tips, anything you can shoot my way. And he said, he kept it short and simple. And honestly, he said repetition, that's it. He goes, just do it day in, day out. That's it, that's all you, he's like, anything you want to do in life, repetition. Like you want to be a football player, psh, train every day. You you reach anything you want if you just repetition. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would want to share with everybody that they just wouldn't get off of you on social media? Um, shoot, um, some about myself. Um, I guess, you know. Throughout this whole journey, even though it's been real ugly, I have my ups and downs more uglier than good. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in God, and, and I, I, anything I do, I want to promote, you know, that side of me. I don't ever, I want it to be, like, authentic, and, and you know, it's, it's no matter, even if I came from, you know, gangs and, and uh, you know, bad background, and I feel like as long as you're alive, you have a future, and, you know, God's the one to thank above all things, so. I guess that's pretty much if I leave you with anything, I just, I know I would just say God's real. That's it. It ain't, it ain't really me. I don't want to put too much on me. Like I'm the, you know, anything special. I'm just like a vessel that went through something. And it's just my job to tell you that it's possible. It's possible you know what I mean? So that's, that's what I would leave people with. I love that. Well, thank you so much for mm-hmm. sitting down and having a conversation with us. Can you let people know where they can follow you and connect with you? Yeah. You can follow me at um, Shane Portrait Tattoos. Um, Instagram, uh, my, my first and last name, Shane Essalori on Facebook. And um, that's, yeah, pretty much. I, I'm real active on Instagram, so I, I like Instagram a lot. So if y'all want to reach out to me, don't be scared to DM me and reach out. Yes. And if you guys want to um, follow the shop, the shop is The Reps. The Reps Tattoo. Mm-hmm. But I'll have everything linked 
in the bottom. So thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us. All right, before we, <laughs> before we, before we end it, um, Shane, tell them about your restaurant. Oh yeah, so we got a new restaurant opening up on Grism in Timber Hill. It's called the Taste of Tucson, and it's a Sonora feel. It's Mexican food. It's got the the wrapped hot dogs with bacon. It's it's a whole Mexican Arizona vibe. So if you you know want to come our way, come and check us out. When, when does that open up officially? Um, we don't have a date yet. We're at the end right now. So li literally, we're just putting up signs. We're putting up a sign and putting up the menu. And that's it. That's all we need to do. And put all the theas in there. And let's get this thing rocking. <laughs> all right, guys. So you heard it here. Um, I'm going to have everything linked down be below for you guys. And again, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in to our HEPA Talk podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you follow us on Instagram at HEPA Talk. Make sure you leave us a review and that you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on YouTube. Thank you again. Hasta luego.